things. And in my family, there was a lot of tension, a lot of aggression. There was, there was a lot of, I was raised by the Pittsburgh Steelers. Teacher's like, okay, everybody, all right. Uh, pop quiz time, we're gonna do the uh, vocabulary to it. And I just yell out, wait, I gotta make my cheat sheet. I like to joke that I make my living throwing away pe dead people's sex toys. <laughs> I can guarantee you there is nothing you have felt that I haven't felt. Yeah, and um, I, I am a formerly miserable person. If people don't know how you are, they cannot help you. Anxiety is the rattling of the lid on the pot of boiling water. Mm -hmm. Everything's connected, like me letting go of the past, me not hanging on to my anger, me like trying to become a present being. Are you, you're not in your peak dieting phase now. <laughs> I mean, I was I was only in it for like a quick six minutes on a car ride once because there's no, I was in between. Can we stop for snacks? <laughs> yeah, I was equidistant between two fast food places. So that, it, so that if I'm in a situation with like my older daughter and she says something hurtful to me, like you're wearing a lot of statement jewelry right now. In the very, very niche world of American ghost towning. Uh, my dad is a minor celebrity. Well, we have 50% of the country's in dire poverty is in homelessness. You know, LA is 50% of the country's in homelessness. Uh, that seems like a, not a correct statistic. Hi there, my name is Sean Conroy, and this is Sean Conroy Gets Happier. My guest today is comedian Eddie Pepitone. The first time I ever saw him on stage, Eddie was auditioning for an improvisational comedy group called Chicago City Limits at the Jan Hus Church on East 74th Street in New York City. It was May of 1993, and I was also auditioning. Eddie did a scene as a father who was furiously angry at his son for not playing catch correctly. Eddie and the scene were hilarious. He improvised with a pulsating intensity, with overwhelming commitment. He was unlike any performer I'd ever worked with or even seen. Eddie and I traveled the country with that group for years. Uh, then we wrote and performed a couple of sketch shows together. Then we started doing stand-up, in fact, we hosted the first regular booked stand-up show at UCB together, which was called Hump Night. We started a podcast together called The Long Shot Podcast. We generally had a lot of fun. What I'm saying is Eddie and I have a history. Hopefully, some of that comes through on this episode. Uh, maybe what doesn't come through is, for example, the time that Eddie and I spent a week in a hotel room in Washington State because we had a show on the previous Sunday and the following Saturday, and it was cheaper to stash us in a hotel than to fly us back to New York and then fly back up. So to avoid the rest of the people we were on the trip with, we went to a store and bought Joker and Batman walkie-talkies and hid out in our room, hiding on, other, on either side of the bed from each other and talking over the walkie-talkie. That was the same trip where Eddie looked in the mirror and noticed that he had bumps on his tongue and wanted me to reassure him that he would not die. At that time, I was not a doctor, and still, 
I told him he was fine, but he eventually got it checked by a doctor who told him that he had an acute case of taste buds on his tongue. That was also the same trip where Eddie made fun of me for reading a book about a character named Bob the Nailer. Now, of course, I deserve to be made fun of for reading that book, but it was later turned into the feature film Shooter, starring Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch, as well as Ned Beatty and Danny Glover. Then it was turned into the television series Shooter, starring Ryan Philippe, an executive produced by Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. Clearly, I am not the only one who enjoyed the story of Bob the Nailer. Listening back to some of the things Eddie says about family and default settings on this episode, I was reminded of that amazingly funny, deeply sad first scene I ever saw him do. And by the way, Jan Hus, namesake of the Jan Hus Church, was a 15th century Czech theologian and philosopher whose reform attempts inspired Hussitism, a very important precursor to Protestantism. On July 6th, 1415, Jan Hus was burned alive at the stake as a heretic. Here's episode 103 of Sean Conroy Gets Happier. But why don't you tell me about your, mm-hmm. this show is about happiness, about getting happier. Mm-hmm. So maybe you could tell me a little bit about your relationship to happiness and mm. what, what that has been, what it is now, and what you hope it will. Well, that's come. funny that you asked me that. Thank uh, you, knowing I go me, for funny. Knowing me as well as you do, and you did, uh, you did say the qualifier of I do know you very well, and you know the answer to this. Uh, my relationship to happiness, at best, is a tempestuous one, uh-huh. is a very fraught one. Um, happiness does not – I think happiness – now, I don't know if right. this will what blow is, the cover. What is, what is happiness? Well, I don't know if this will blow the cover of your whole show, but I think happiness is something you have at a young, young age and, and – you know, we might as well not even do the show now. Well, you've blown the cover off. Well, you know, Freud said that people's people's personality and ego are defined by the time they reach five. Mm. <laughs> anyway, um, what I'm saying is that I think our happiness is very, very dependent on how we are raised as young, young kids. And in my family, there was a lot of tension, a lot of aggression. There was. There was a lot of I was raised by the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> now, you do not have to do your stand-up here. <laughs> it's hard not to. I just got off the road. Uh-huh. By the way, EddiePepitone.com. No. Um, but happiness is so the, something. The steel curtain. <laughs> happiness is something that doesn't come naturally to me my i have a default setting and i think people have a default setting mm-hmm. via how they were raised and my hap- my default setting is cynicism mm-hmm. is skepticism is anger uh despair pessimism pessimism yeah so for me islamism or no 
<laughs> it depends on you know mm-hmm. the the person who's teaching it to me in a very small room. So you're not you, you, your default is is unhappy, basically. I think so. Mm-hmm. And that has always been true, as as long as I can remember. Mm-hmm. But now here's the thing: I'm a fighter, you know, and I think happiness. I think the word you really are looking for is love. Let's see, Sean Conroy gets Sean Conroy gets more into love Mm. you know what i mean because happier is one of these fucking new age like new agey um like every the whole culture first of all we have (laughs) you're gonna love me for this but first of all we have 50 (laughs) percent of the countries in dire poverty is in homelessness you know Mm -hmm. la is 50 percent of the countries in homelessness Uh, that seems like not a correct statistic look it up I ask your audience, I don't know why, no, here you go. I ask your audience to look it up. Anyway, like 40% of Americans are at the verge of homelessness. It's really not a good statistic. It's never talked about, mm-hmm. right? So happiness seems to be this like catch-all word, right, that these self-help gurus, it's like, hey, get happier. Well, you know, how about you make our fucking society a little better? Why is it always on me to get happy? But doing stand-up for me is what is my contribution to society because I just did the road and I did it all over the South. And, you know, there's a lot of people who come, who come up to me and are like just really grateful for my comedy. Mm-hmm. That to me is my, the way I'm helping society. Also just being, and, and this is a cliche, but being kind to people you fucking run across, you know? I, mean, I do. Now, I will. I just want to make two points. One is I am very grateful mm-hmm. uh, that you mm-hmm. did your stand-up for people down south. Um, they loved it. Not, not, not for me. But uh, <laughs> are, are you being grateful that I wasn't doing stand-up for you? Yes. And uh, mm-hmm. the the second point I would make, it's not even making a point, but you're saying be kind to people. I agree 100%. Do you find that difficult? Um, No. Mm -hmm. I don't. I don't. You know, except. All the time. All. (laughs) Except from the hours of when I wake up and go to bed. (laughs) No, I was going to say that it's easier for me to be kind to strangers. Like, oh, yeah, you go ahead. Or meeting people uh you know, oh, no, uh, yes, oh, absolutely. Oh, I'll pay for your bagel if you don't have money. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait a minute. And everything bagel, I can't pay for that. I would have paid for a plane. No, but <laughs> it's like people that I know really well or I'm in these competitive situations with, that's when it gets hard to be kind. And that's when I should, really should do it. And what I mean is like, let's say, doing stand-up comedy at the comedy store, and there's all these top-flight comics, you know, who have a lot of celebrity that I don't have. The big dogs. The big dogs. And, you know, why can't I be kind to them, Mm -hmm. you know? But I feel threatened. So when I feel threatened, it's hard for me to be um, 
kind or in a state of happiness. And now correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds mm-hmm. like what you're saying is you feel more threatened by people you know than by people you don't know. Well, absolutely. Mm-hmm. How can I be threatened by people I don't know? Well, except- that's called mugging. <laughs> yes. That, I do feel, <laughs> there are certain fellows uh, who threaten me mm-hmm. uh, and I don't know them, you know, <laughs> and I'm like, what's your beef? But that's because they're actually threatening you as opposed to just existing and you feeling an existential threat from them. Uh, I think a lot of it's <clears throat> existential threat. Well, but I'm saying the people you know you feel mm-hmm. threatened by because you know who they are yeah, and what they represent. Well, I always want something from people I know. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, one of the keys to happiness, and you brought it up like, well, what are you doing to create happiness? One of the keys to happiness, I think, is that you focus on giving instead of taking. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm always like, oh, this fucking, pl- let's say the comedy store, ah, this place owes me. Instead of, oh, what can I fucking do tonight to make it a great night there? Do you know what I mean? Right, you could go down to the comedy store and just paint a few names on the wall without even being asked, and uh, <laughs> they would be very grateful for that. Pepitone, why is your name on the wall eight times? <laughs> <laughs> Just to bring it back to not society, but yourself, Yeah. Uh, one of the things we've talked a lot of, about on this show is the idea that happiness is a choice and you can sort of <laughs> identify the things that are making you less happy mm-hmm. and choose not to engage in those things or right. choose to change those behaviors. So do you feel like that's something you have done as, I, you, have I a, feel like- as you have started to approach- the uh, deathbed, early, early, <laughs> early middle age. By the way, one of my favorite things to say to people, and I didn't say it at all in uh, this stand-up in the South or the Northeast, is I I come up and I go, I go, uh, I'm 28. This business is aging me very quickly. <laughs> By the way, I like that you don't ever get specific about where you do stand-up. You're just doing regions of the country. (laughs) I'll tell you. Next year, year I'm going to hit. I was below the equator. (laughs) Next year, I'm going to hit the Midwest and the Pacific Northwest. I have two spots. Why am I doing that? I don't know. Um, But, um... You know, happiness is a choice, I think, up to a point. That mm-hmm. is true. Um, I guess I'm because, just saying, yeah, but I'm just saying you can affect your own Look, if happiness were that. a choice, mm-hmm. why in hell aren't we all happy? I think that's the eternal question. I think there's a lot of behaviors that people engage in that aren't necessarily going to make them happy. Why? Why would they do that? Uh, is my question to you. Do you well, and I would turn that question mm. right back around on you. Do you feel like there are things you do that if you took a step backwards and said, uh, yeah, is this making me happier or is it not making me happier? You could say, why am I doing this to myself? Yeah. One 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 big one for me is food. Mm-hmm. Like uh, and here's the crux of that whole question is that the happy it's either instant gratification mm-hmm. or long-term happiness and i choose more often than not instant gratification which is fucked up 
You know, I've always done that, like the instant gratification of eating something delicious and not stopping until mm-hmm. I'm completely like a cat, a fat cat, just sated. Like I'm kind of like, mm, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just kind of. So your relationship with food is like, you know, give me what I want now and give me all of it and yeah. I'm not going to stop. Yeah. and Even knowing that you will, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong about this, you will then go, why the fuck did I do that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And like I've been putting on a lot of weight lately and I feel it and I, <laughs> and I'm like, Oh boy, I'm getting, you know, I'm reaching a, a, a danger point. Tipping point? Well, that's Gladwell, Malcolm Gladwell, mm-hmm. and I'm not a fan ever since. And you're not a tipper, really. You, you. <laughs> Here's a tip for you. <laughs> Lucky Stripe, third race Santa Anita. Um, so I think, you know, what we're talking about with happiness is like instant gratification gets in the way a lot. Like our, our and the internet is a huge one too. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, I could, I want, like, if I sit down to write a script and then, You don't have to, when you talk about that, mm-hmm. you don't have to actually type on the table <laughs> we're sitting at because that might cause it, sound problems. <laughs> I um <laughs> Beethoven that'd be Beethoven. I sit down to write team funny and da, 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 da. He was a he was a vampire. <laughs> Hello, I'm Louis Van Beethoven. <laughs> <laughs> Dialects have helped me so, very much throughout my career. So what you're saying is the inner you were talking about the internet. Well, if I sit down to write a script, um more often than not, I'll be like let me see who liked my um, Instagram picture of myself on stage. Mm-hmm. It's this like need for validation, need for love that supersedes me doing my long-term work that would make me happier. Mm-hmm. And I think that for me, that's like how I self-sabotage mm-hmm. uh, happiness, kind of not sticking to my guns in my like long-term plans because I constantly get waylaid by short-term desire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how about you? How you is- don't have to stick to your guns because nobody's mm-hmm. ever taken those away, just so you know. <laughs> um, I'm glad you're an NRA guy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but here's, here's, here's another question. You mm. have existed long enough mm. that... The internet was not a problem at one time. True. So what was it before that? You know, like, like I know that the internet has made things worse because it's so much information that comes at you yeah. so fast, so easily accessible. Mm. Uh, but that has not always been the problem. That's, That's a good point. I don't know, man. You're right, though, about that. What did I distract myself? That's what I'm saying. Like, with. I feel like the internet mm. is a symptom, not the disease well and figuring out what the disease is is what's going to provide <laughs> yes the cure and yes, then you doctor, can, <laughs> and then you can develop <laughs> then you can develop a vaccination which of course is a way that the government tries to control your brain well the disease is 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 basically it's instant gratification the disease is the pursuit of pleasure mm-hmm. and happiness 
is not the pursuit of pleasure. Happiness is not being in a state of pleasure. Mm -hmm. Happiness is kind of being at peace with your life. To me, that's what happiness is. Mm -hmm. It's not like, oh, (laughs) I'm going to fuck these eight women, you know, right before going on. You know what I mean? Like, well, that would be a difficult spot to do. <laughs> but I mean, you know what I mean? My, like sexual. My football coach says that would hurt your legs. You well, have no you're legs. talking about Jerry Sandusky. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think you're right. You know it's, what I mean? Like, I'm a pleasure freak. Like, I just crave the dopamine hit of. But why? That's what I'm trying to get at is like, what does that do for you? I mean, obviously it is a dopamine hit and it is pleasure, Mm -hmm. but is there some reason that you're using that? I mean, because dopamine, if you think about it, dopamine is a drug, right? Absolutely. Like, so what does that do for you? Well, you know what it does for you. Um, it makes it, me high. <laughs> yeah, but it it gives you this euphoria is mm-hmm. what it is about. It's mm-hmm. like a really, really short-lived euphoria. Or depending on what drug you do, it can be longer-lived, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, Meth, apparently, you can clean your house for three days. <laughs> A lot of housekeepers are on meth, and they, they're they very much in demand. Well, let me tell you. Somebody was at my place yesterday, and let me tell you, she was not on meth, okay? <laughs> because that place is still... I'm glad you're doing well and you can afford a housekeeper. <laughs> oh, I'm not, saying, I'm not saying I could afford it. Um... <laughs> so I think, again, because my default setting mm-hmm. is kind of unhappiness and antagonism... And like, hey, what did I do wrong? I'm always thinking, by the way, that's kind of a psychological construct I have, which is, um, what did I do wrong here? Like I go into a lot of situations like that, feeling guilty, you know? Give me an example of that. Um, Was this in the South? (laughs) This was in the the tip of the... Aztec Empire. <laughs> no, but like if if I go into if if I see that my wife is upset, I'm like my first thing is, oh, what's the matter? What happened to Karen? My first thing is, what did I do? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's kind of my default setting for a lot. So well, that then, also that also in my mind, and I'm not a trained professional, but that to you me, saw, you sure are coming off like one. That to me goes back to what you were talking about as far as childhood, like not being yeah. in control, but exactly. still feeling responsible exactly for what was going wrong. Exactly. And so then, to get to your question, I seek the dopamine the dopamine hit. Uh, validation of love because I don't have it naturally. Mm-hmm. And be- weren't you asking why? Why do you go for that? I was very hit? frantically saying why. <laughs> why? Why? No, here's, 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 here's a thought I had yeah. uh, is that you're talking about mm-hmm. your default setting yeah. and how the pursuit of pleasure, instant gratification, helps you avoid that default setting of unhappiness or at least well post- in the short term postpones it for a brief time 
Here's a question I have. What about thinking about it in terms of mm-hmm. changing the default setting? Is that possible? Is it oh. a goal yeah. you could work towards? Is yes. it something you yes. have thought about? Yes. And how would you go about doing well, something that's, like that? That's my life's work in in one manner of speaking, you mm-hmm. know? Which manner? <laughs> Downton Abbey? <coughs> that's... that's um, Where's the cough button? <laughs> I mean, that fix it, it, fix it in post. That is my, uh, you know, that is what I'm trying to do is become a more peaceful, happy person because, you know, and plus, as you get older, no longer is it possible to indulge the way you did as a kid in instant gratification. One, your time is running out. Two, your body is not equipped to ingest all kinds of different substances to make yourself feel really good, you know, all the time without running into health problems, mm-hmm. which is what I'm running into right, right. now, you know. But with the health, but with the help of Officer Joe McDonald, I am, you know, I'm in the PAL program, and I'm playing basketball with he's youngsters. Your, he's your big brother. <laughs> I just think it'd be funny if if uh, I applied to be adopted by a big brother and I'm always way older. Mm-hmm. It's like a 29-year-old kid. And, I'm like, and he's like, I'm not sure how this is supposed to work. And I'm like, come on, you're supposed to help me, idiot. Let's play a catch. <laughs> Let's play a catch. <laughs> uh, the deadliest catch. <laughs> Yeah, I met Brando toward the end of his life when he was fat as fuck. Uh, nice to meet you, Eddie. <laughs> oh, I wish I could say the same, Marlon. What? I, hear you, I hear you're very into instant gratification. <laughs> now, what's hilarious about that is that Brando was a perfect example of that. He, he fucking, by the end of his life, was a helium balloon. He was a Hindenburg. No, I mean, seriously. He was wearing, Orson, he was wearing moo-moos. That was the only thing yeah, he wear. Orson Welles as well. Now, how much of this for your little podcast is genetic? Mm-hmm. How much of it is predisposition, which I think is the same? So you think if you really sat down with Marlon Brando or Orson Welles, they would say... My default setting is misery. No, no, I, I, I think life. I think they might. I think life, though. Wells got rejected by Hollywood after being the king of the hill. Mm-hmm. You know, he went from Citizen Kane to uh, he did a couple other movies that didn't do as well. The um, the Ambersons, the amazing magnificent Ambersons. The Magnificent Amberson. And then he was also in Fast and Furious 3, right? <laughs> well, he with Wells, the... it was called Not So Fast. <laughs> no, but <clears throat> what I'm saying is, and this is back to a question earlier, is that, you know, oh, is it my choice to be happy or does life fucking deal you some heavy-duty blows that put you into a state that is not happiness. Brando's kid was convicted of murder. Mm-hmm. Uh, all, all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, Wells was rejected by Hollywood and spent so many years in Europe trying to raise money, and he kind of felt rejected. So, I, you know what I mean? Like, 
I do. Why did those guys had incredible quote unquote happiness with all the fame? You know, all they were both incredible womanizers. They had all these women. Mm-hmm. They had all these all this money. They wound up extremely unhappy and dying terrible deaths. But did they wind up extremely unhappy, or mm-hmm. were they unhappy the whole time? Well, we like, don't we don't know them. But no, we don't. I mean, so how do you you want me to answer I saw, that? I saw Wells on a bus once, and that was the closest <laughs> I ever. Hello, Mr. Conroy. <laughs> But <laughs> but I think this is very specific to what you're saying because you're mm-hmm. saying, oh, they were great womanizers. They were this. They were that. It's the same thing as eating. I mean, it's not exactly the same thing, but it's the same thing as eating a pint of Chunky Monkey. It's I, lo- like, I love that stuff. And I, I understand that. But it's like there's a mm-hmm. void there that they're trying to fill instead of what I'm saying, which is mm-hmm. – Am I unhappy at my core, and is there a way to change that? The well, default setting thing, yeah. you know? And to your point of, well, life is going to fuck you up no matter what, I mean, that's a hard thing to accept that there's just, because certainly there's things, that are, there's things that are going to happen, but then is, there, is it possible to deal with those things in yeah. a way that doesn't completely overwhelm. Yeah, I mean, it depends on the level of adversity that life deals you, you know? I mean, something as horrific as losing a kid, a mm-hmm. lot of people don't recover from. You know, um, something like- so You're not talking about at the mall when they go, <laughs> Mr. Pepitone, your son is at the information desk, <laughs> and you just never come back from that? <laughs> Um, but, but yeah, so it depends on the, you know, the, the level of tragedy that you're dealing with, but yeah. And to your point or to your question of something, to something, to your question of like, can you change the default setting? Mm -hmm. You know, can you get through adversity? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, well, those are two different things, right? But uh, they 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 are connected because here's 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 what I was going to say, and simple ways to get happier mm-hmm. for me that I don't do as much as I should. Mm-hmm. Whenever I exercise, like really exercise and do a full workout, it's a miserable during it mm-hmm. a lot of times, and afterwards my level of happiness has gone way up i start would you say through the roof (laughs) depends on the size of the roof if you're talking or whether you're outside whether i'm outside glass ceiling i don't know what you're talking about uh so that's one way another way is not fucking overindulging in everything like the 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 moderation thing Mm -hmm. Uh, and another way is the i try to get into buddhism and i don't do this enough, which is that meditating, just following your breath and calming down your mind because the mind constantly wants stuff. Mm-hmm. I want to be famous now. I want more money now. I want that girl now. I you want know, a good parking spot. I want a good parking spot. <laughs> I mean, different levels of goals, you know? As, as like different level of tragedy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm.
So, yeah, I feel like the reason people do mm. not not the only reason, but one of the reasons people mm-hmm. do get into spirituality, and I would put Buddhism under that category, yes, is for exactly what we're talking about to change the default setting. Yes, to say absolutely whatever's do whatever I'm doing is not working. Is there a way to change that? Right. But I still go back to because because I'm interested in this. So you're having panic attacks. Yeah. How does that manifest itself? Well, the way they started to manifest with me and the way they always do is I just, and I don't even, it. what's wild about panic attacks is that when they come on, like what happens, I start to feel it physically. It's, a, it's just a general nervousness that starts to build and that I cannot stop, mm-hmm. you know? As a joke, I used to say, boy, you know you're fucked when you start saying to yourself, okay, let me just breathe and feel my hands. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is what you And that was, you did that in the Texas panhandle. <laughs> I believe it was the tip of the panhandle. Uh, so so that was something you were dealing with how medically uh, i had to go on i i actually suffered through these fucking things for years in new york before my shrink finally said look i think you've suffered enough and they put me on prozac Mm -hmm. they being she was a therapist she referred me to a psychiatrist and i went on prozac and prozac was there not a moment where you said to your therapist you could have done this five years ago yeah i mean it was a couple of years where I was having things like, and it was weird. It, it manifested in claustrophobia at one point. Like, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, I'm afraid. Which is what? Fear of spiders? <laughs> fear of the panhandle. <laughs> it manifested as claustrophobia. All of a sudden, I was afraid to get on New York City subways. Mm. Like, because they were too crowded. Elevators. I couldn't get it. And now where the fuck? Now that's what was flipping me out too because I never had a problem with that. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden I can't get on an elevator. All of a sudden I can't get on a fucking subway car. Right. Leads to a lot of walking and a lot of climbing stairs, which in a sense <laughs> makes you feel happier, right? Once I got on the Prozac, I was back on subways and <laughs> elevators in, in the Jiffy. But yeah, so... um that's how they manifest, you know, like just weird different ways. And what I realized, I was smoking a lot of weed back then. Mm-hmm. And what I realized was that by me smoking weed, right, I wasn't doing what I was put on earth to do, which is just being a performer because um, I was kind of just getting really lazy. I wasn't doing, you know, good work. I would still show up, but not really being do, doing good work. And uh, I think the panic attacks were actually that part of me that was saying, no, you can't do this to yourself. And it was like a big message. Like on one hand, that kind of anxiety, I think, is like a big fucking wake up call. It's a and- bat signal. <laughs> Yeah, bat, yeah, bat. Bat or cat? Anyway, it it's a big wake-up call to mm-hmm. like, okay, you got to change some things, <clears throat> you know? And this led either directly or indirectly to the adoption of some kind of Buddhist. Yeah, and practice. me getting sober. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, as part of, uh, 
part of the 12 step stuff that I got into is very much they 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 push meditation you know so and I got into it and I, I really related to it because the Buddhist thing is not like you better do this or you better do it. it's not like a a punishing type of religion it's just okay let's sit and breathe you got cotton pants on <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? Like it was gentle like that. It's it not, wasn't It's not you better do this, you better do this. It's Buddhism. We're not better. <laughs> yeah. so, By the way, you've had other people on. Are the, are we hitting topics that you always hit? This I would is, imagine. This is un, un, uncharted territory. Is it? Which is a place you might want to think about going. <laughs> to do stand up. What I do is I trace Magellan's original <clears throat> roots. Mm -hmm. Magellan, Verrazano, um, <laughs> Buzz Aldrin, all the great explorers. I'll I'll trace a lot of explorers. Uh, Disputi, Disputi, <laughs> Disputi claims he didn't do what people said he did. Which is he where, always which was, is where he was a contrarian. He was a contrarian. I'm not an explorer. <laughs> yes, I'm just you are. On, I'm just on a vacation. Ah, no, no, no. You got money from a queen to find a new land. <laughs> <laughs> so, so how often do you uh, do you do the Buddhism thing at this point? Uh, I mean, you are the bitter Buddha. Right. Um, I would say I, what I do now, because I, I haven't been able to really like just sit and breathe like that, but I have some great fucking uh, meditation uh, tapes and... I put them on at night, and it re it really helps. Like when I'm trying to sleep, and I can really get into it, you know. But I gotta say, is it hard to find a tape recorder? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm still on tapes. Most of my Buddhist tapes are eight tracks uh, for when the Beatles met the Maharaj. <laughs> so, but. You know, again, you know, it's all about that fucking constant struggle, like between wanting peace, which is happiness, or wanting excitement. And I lean toward excitement a lot, you mm -hmm. know, like, oh, let's see what fucking here's another addiction. And, and, you know, you could look at life completely through the lens of addiction mm -hmm. instead of being kind of, you know, floating. In happiness, you're attached. The Buddhists talk about being attached to things. Like I'm attached, for instance, one addiction. Ooh, what happened today in the news with Trump? Let me see what happened in the MP. Like, and you just fucking go on. You never get satisfied with mm -hmm. that. You know, you think you're going to be satisfied when he gets impeached. Well, the difficulty is you see one thing on CNN and something else on Fox News, and you can't tell what the truth is anymore, you know? Well... You, you get addicted to that, too. Mm -hmm. I know you're kidding, but it was a weak stab. Um, <laughs> you get addicted to conflict. You you conflict is a great way to put that. You get addicted to conflict. Well, that's dopamine, too. Is it? Yeah. Adrenaline? Anger. Oh, okay. Yeah, you get addicted to anger. A lot of people are addicted to anger now. You know, oh, that mother. Oh, that Those mother. meetings are tough. <laughs> Oh my God. 
Yeah. It's hard, man, to like really, and here's here's a key to happiness for your listening audience, mm. the 11 folks who've tune in, who tune in weekly. There's only nine left. <laughs> um, is acceptance mm. of yourself. Like that's what you're talking about at the beginning when you say, is there anything, like is it a choice mm-hmm. to get happy, right? And I was saying, yeah, to an extent, um, but life deals you all this shit. And then the Buddhists would say, no, no, no. Accept all of your shit. You know, accept the fact that you're addicted to anger. Accept the fact that you have all this guilt. Like, in other words, kind of accept your demons and don't indulge in them. They say by accepting them and kind of like just being with them, you'll calm them. Mm-hmm. As opposed to like, fuck, I'm gonna try to meditate. You know what I mean? Like, you have to fucking kind of confront them. I have just a couple more mm-hmm. questions. Um, oh, we did good, huh? <clears throat> I wouldn't say that. Uh, <laughs> That's your default setting. Yes. <laughs> Uh, but here's my first question. Mm. If you had to boil it all down to one thing, what piece of advice would you give related to happiness? Um, is it layers dress in layers? <laughs> it sounds like you're pushing for that one. No, like no, you've, no. you're in the office pool. I did have layers in the office pool of what Eddie's, boy, that would be a bad pick. Yeah. Well, I think it's balance, Mm -hmm. which is very difficult to do. But balance in your life, meaning balance on, you know, how much you relax, how much you exercise, how much you eat, how much you uh, abstain from eating junk, um, you know, putting out into the world good things as opposed to putting out into the world fear and loathing. Mm-hmm. So, Unless you're selling first editions <laughs> of, of Hunter S. Thompson books. Does that answer it? Yeah. Balance, mm-hmm. you know, and being, and being very accepting that you're just fucking human and you need to like, be kind to yourself mm. first mm-hmm. and then be kind to others. I feel like Conan O'Brien. Look, you just got to work hard and be kind. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's done well for himself. Well, yeah, he has. And he's hired a bunch of our New York friends. <laughs> uh, here's the second thing. I don't know if you are aware of uh, social media, but there's all kinds of platforms out there where you can promote yourself. <laughs> Do tell. Are you uh, are you involved with any of that? Is there a place people can find you on social media? Yes. Um, the biggest one is go to eddiepepitone.com. Mm-hmm. Which isn't really social media. It isn't? No, it's well, it, it the has, internet. It has, it's a website. It's a website, but it has connections to all my social media, Facebook, mm-hmm. uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook fan page, uh, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So go there. And also a list of, you know, where you're... I understand you're going to be performing soon in the Yukon Territory. 
I was booked for the Klondike. I don't know what that exactly <laughs> means. I believe it's somewhere near San Francisco. Here's my last question. We have a playlist for this show, the Sean Connery Gets Happier playlist. And mm. so I'm wondering if there is a particular song that you would advocate to add to that playlist, something that you think of in terms of happiness that makes you happier, or you know, one of the tapes you have that you play on a regular basis. Um, uh, I hate myself real- for loving you by Bob Dylan. <laughs> Uh, let's see who makes me feel, you know, it's funny last night I was listening to Tom Waits, Mm -hmm. a Christmas card from a hooker. It's Mm. called to me. That was hilarious. Very depressing. And this like kind of relates to how I deal with my darkness. I deal with my darkness, which is very dark. You've seen it. Mm -hmm. Um, that's why I always carry a flashlight. (laughs) <laughs> whenever we were hanging. Mm-hmm. Why are you wearing that miner's helmet whenever <laughs> I come over for lunch? No reason. <laughs> Want a toast point? But I like I like guys like Tom Waits mm-hmm. to listen because there's tremendous like dark humor in his music. It's dark humor. So I would recommend Christmas Card from a Hooker. Great. Love it. Uh, Eddie Pepitone, thank you for being here. Thank you. And, uh, you know. Please check me out at eddiepepitone.com and um, my web series, Comedians Without Cars Getting Soda. And in May, you'll be at the Tropic of Capricorn, correct? I will be in the Henry Miller novel. (laughs) (laughs) There it is. You heard it there first, or at least you heard it there. Happiness is about balance. I feel like sometimes you can learn about what something is by hearing about what it is not. For example, balance is not when you are in a hotel room in North Carolina the first time you learn about Krispy Kreme. Somebody brings two dozen fresh hot donuts back to the room. And they're amazing. You know that if you've had them. And then you say, here's what we'll do. You sit across the room. I'll sit over here. I'll yell, pull. You'll throw a donut across the room and I'll catch it in my mouth and eat it. It'll be like skeet shooting, but with donuts and mouths. That was Eddie who said that. I think he probably ate nine or 10 donuts in the span of maybe half an hour. And honestly, it was hilarious, but he paid for it that night. Luckily, that was one of the few times where I had my own room on the road where he was bunking with somebody else, but I could hear him moaning through the wall. That is what balance is not. Happiness is about balance. The executive producer of Sean Conroy Gets Happier is Lauren Dunnitz. Our field producer is Pete Galamaga. The show is recorded at All Things Comedy Studios in Burbank, California. Our sound engineer is Aaron Brungart, who also edits all video for the show and pitches a mean softball, if there is such a thing as a mean softball. They seem fairly gentle to me. Special thanks to our guest, Eddie Pepitone, the Bitter Buddha. 
Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Sean Conroy. Go to Facebook.com and search Sean Conroy Gets Happier to join our Facebook group. Feel free to email us at SeanConroyGetsHappier at gmail.com. If you have questions, thoughts, ideas, suggestions, trivia, offers, propaganda, requests, recipes, follow-ups, demands, or answers. Sign up for my weekly bulletin at my website, seanconroy.com. It is free of charge and worth every penny. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you get happier. <laughs>